In business and in life, you don't get what you deserve. You actually get what you negotiate. Let's go. You have reached the I'm Dealing With broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. Stay tuned as we talk about self-worth. Let's get right into it. Welcome back to another edition of the I'm Dealing With broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. Today, we're going to be talking about 10 things that will damage and or harm your self-worth um, or and or self, self-esteem. Uh, 10 things. You know, um, I was just reading and going through uh, the quote uh, that I read off just a few minutes ago, a few seconds ago, I should say. And, um, you know, it was interesting because when I read that, the thing that came to mind was, you know, we always talk about what we think we're worth. You know, they don't uh, they don't honor me. They don't take care of me. They don't do this, that and the other. When in actuality, a lot of times there are things in our lives that damage our self-worth. And many times we don't get paid, recognized or whatever because of basically what we deserve. When in actuality, the reason why we don't get that is because we didn't negotiate it up front and you can't negotiate it if you don't know your self-worth or you have poor self-esteem. So we're going to talk about 10 things that damage and or hurt your self-esteem. So um, for those of you that are watching, thank you for watching here on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram. I appreciate all your support. As you can see, you know, this is October. So we're in the pink to honor that breast cancer awareness month. OK, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm rocking the pink today. So hope you like it. But anyway, uh, once again, thank you for all your support. And those of you that have been supporting, thank you for your continued support continue to watch, continue to like, comment, and subscribe, and check it out on uh, all the social media platforms. You know, all the links will be listed uh, in the bio below. So if you ever get a chance to um, look at, you know, look at or listen to any of the podcasts, you know, we can be found on every podcast platform. I mean, everyone from iHeart to Spotify, from Amazon to Anchor to Apple. Google. We're on all of them. Okay. So as far as the podcast audio goes and then for video, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. So we're there also on Twitter, LinkedIn as well. So check us out all under I'm dealing with. Okay. So 10 things, 10 things that uh, will harm or damage your self-esteem. So let's get right into it. Um, you know, it's tough because uh, we uh, as men, sometimes, you know, we, we, we think we got it under control in different areas. But there are truthfully some things that we deal with privately dealing with our self-esteem and our confidence our, and our self-worth. So, excuse me, one of the things that uh, we do quite a bit, maybe not all of you. So I'm sure in one of these 10 categories, you'll find yourself. The first one is blaming others. So if you struggle with your self-worth, it's easy to blame others for crappy things that have happened in your life, man, don't we, don't we do it? 
uh, sometimes it's the negative decisions that we make, whether good, bad or indifferent. We make these decisions and we blame sometimes our parents. We blame our children. We blame our upbringing, maybe the neighborhood, the people we hung around with. We blame the cops. We blame the law. Maybe you're in a service. You blame them for what they've done. Uh, you also blame sometimes your job, your your supervisor, your manager, your uh, your coworkers for not moving ahead, for not getting the next pay rate, for not starting that business. For We blame a lot of people for sometimes things that are in our control. And in actuality, many times it's because we made a decision that wasn't the best decision. And we always look for someone to blame. Sometimes it's your wife, your, your, uh, your child, whatever that is, maybe your significant other. We find people to always blame instead of looking in the mirror. Guys, we have to look in the mirror and and take, um, you know, uh, that on ourselves. You know, we have to be we have to man up. Let's put our big boy pants on. All right. We have to man up and be honest and say to ourselves, we are the cause many times for certain things happen. We are the cause. We did that. This is why I'm not where I'm at in life, because I want to hang with the boys, because I want to focus on, you know, going here and going there. I want to run around. I want to sow my wild oats if you want to. Um, And we blame a lot of people for decisions that we make. And we can't do that. All right. We have to stand up, man up and be honest and say, you know what? My bad. I had all this time. I'm the one that decided not to finish that. I had all this time. I'm the one that decided or to do that. And I should have. So um, let's just be honest with ourselves and because it's not always somebody else's fault. I know sometimes it, it is someone else's fault, but a lot of times we have choices to make by saying, no, I'm not going to do that. Or by saying, yes, I'm going to do that. We blame others for maybe missed opportunities because we didn't jump at the opportunity. And then we blame somebody else because they didn't make us jump at it. Really? <laughs> we can't do that. Right. So blaming others. That's that's number one. That's again, not in any order, but that's just what we're going to deal with. Um, blaming others. That's number one. OK, the next one. I know I'm going to get a lot of hate mail on this one. And it's fine. You know, I'm a grown man. I can handle it. Uh, but abusing 420. And for those of you that are in it, you know what 420 is. That's cannabis. Right. And it's abusing it. Not the fact that you're doing it. It's the simple fact that you're abusing it. So a lot of times what happens is those that abuse it, you know, you it's not like you need it for medicinal purposes, for for medical, for you have um, some type of illness or some type of injury or something that's going on with your life that you're using it to minimize the symptoms that you're dealing with. You're not using it for that. You are using it because you just want to, you know, you want to get high. You want to feel good. You want to this, that and the other. And what happens is when you abuse it, not just use it, but abuse it, you know, it becomes a part of you. And when it becomes a part of you, uh, what happens is, you know, number one, you have the smell that, that the connotation of the smell that goes along with it. Right. That happens. You have that. And for those that 
don't do it, you stand out like a sore thumb. I mean, and it's loud. I mean, it's very loud. And what's happening is I want you to understand that for those that don't do it, what's going to happen will be you are going to be ostracized. You're going to be, you know, put off to the side or whatever, because they're not going to want to be around the smell because it's an it's a, a, a nuisance to many to many who don't do it. So I want you to understand that when you get into that realm, the different things that happen because, they, you know, yes, there are positives with it, but then there's also the repercussions of it. Right. And you have to make sure that you understand both sides of the fence. So for those of you, you understand, yes, it's it's, it's legal in a lot of cities. It's legal in a lot of states. But many businesses now have zero tolerance. So what happens is it may be legal for you in your city to go ahead and you know, do that thing. Right. But then you go to work. Let's just say if you're under that influence and something happens, you know, I worked for a couple of places where you were on powered equipment. And if you were to have any type of injury, whether someone hit you or you hit them, ran into you or whatever the case may be, you both went to get checked. Both. Whoever was involved in an accident, whether you caused the accident or not. And this is, again, within the workplace. It's not out on the street. This is within the workplace. And if anything was found in your system for any reason whatsoever, it was a wrap. You were gone. So I want you to understand that when you begin to abuse and use the 420, right, you have to understand that you 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 succumb to the the laws and the rules and regulations of not just your local municipality, but also that of the businesses who may tolerate tolerate it. But then there are many who have zero tolerance and the local law cannot tell them that they have to accept you, that they have to allow you to work. Because if it's in their policy that they have a zero tolerance and you're found to have that in your system, guess what? It's a wrap. You're gone. And then you can't now you can't use that particular business as a reference for the next business, because the next thing they want to know is why were you dismissed? And if they know that you had uh, a, you know, drug, whatever case may background, and you were dismissed for that, it's going to be hard to get into that next business. And you have to understand that with that dismissal comes the fact that you're still you're looking now. And in this climate, I'm looking and seeing on the news that there are many places that are closing shop. There are many places that are doing more furloughs, that are doing more layoffs, that are not hiring anymore. They're not even giving raises anymore because they just want to meet their current payroll. So when you're abusive in one area, it has the tendency to not just mess you up up here, but it also has the, uh, the tendency of messing you up in your social life as well as as your financial life. Okay. I want you to understand that. And what this will cause now is you messing with your self esteem, which now gets into your self worth. Okay. So understand this is not something you really want to dive into and become abusive. You need to understand the negatives 
And you also need to understand the positives if you're in that environment or in thinking about going into that environment. Okay. Okay. So that's number two, uh, the abuse of 420. Okay. Um, number three, um, isolating yourself, isolating yourself. And many men do that um, because they feel a certain way about things. They feel a certain way about their finances. They feel a certain way about their relationships. Maybe uh, they feel as though they're not enough. And we go into isolation and isolation is a direct result of self-worth slash self-esteem that they're in these quiet modes. They just, you know, they don't want to be around anyone. And you don't want to do that. You don't want to stay in isolation. Isolation will kill your self-esteem. Isolation will kill your self-worth. Understand that I know that there's times to be by yourself. Maybe you're reading a book or you're trying to study and uh, learn some things. Maybe you're in a conference call or whatever you're trying or mentally, maybe you're um, concentrating, maybe praying. I got it. That, that makes sense. But when you're constantly in isolation, sitting on that bed, sitting on the couch, staring at the wall in a dark place, almost like you're in a closet with the door closed, lights off, and you're just there and you're always there. That's will kill your self-esteem. That will kill your self-worth. Okay. Isolation is not the thing to do because isolation will also bring about other things. Isolation will also lead you down the road of depression. And we've talked about that, right? Isolation will also bring you down the road of anxiety. And once you get into the anxiety, depression, what comes next? Okay. We don't want to go down that road. So uh, isolation will kill your self-esteem and self-worth. Um, learn helplessness. Now, what is uh, learned helplessness? Okay, so it's uh, not doing cardio. You know, not doing cardio because in the past it didn't generate results. You know, we do these different things, right? Um, learn helplessness. Oh, I can't do this because it failed before. I can't do this because it didn't happen before. I can't go there because I wasn't received before. I can't apply for that job because I got rejected before. I can't, we always make excuses for why we can't. So it becomes learned helplessness. We, because of examples and things that have happened in our past, we use our past as a reason for not moving forward. We use what hurt us before for reasons of not advancing to that next level, advancing to that next thing, starting that new business, starting that new job, going back to school, getting a higher education, maybe having a family, maybe having a relationship, maybe our previous relationship now messed us up because of we've done a lot of things for her or him. And then next thing you know, because of we were because we were treated bad, maybe misused, uh, mistreated, uh, not feeling worthy of their love. Now we won't go back into love anymore. This is called learned helplessness because it's based upon what has happened to us. We've learned how to now be helpless. We've learned it. And we stay in that realm. This will damage and or kill your self-esteem. It, it just does. 
There's no way to go about about it. There's no way to say, oh, it's okay. We're going to move on. We say a lot of times, oh, it's going to be good. We're going to move on. But a lot of times we don't because we've learned how to deal with it so long that we now use that as an excuse for not doing the next thing. Every business opportunity, because we were cheated before, we were not do that before, do that again, because we won't buy that next house because we lost our last one back in 2007. But everybody did, right? Everybody did. And then now you look at uh, what's going on in our climate with the housing, with the rent, and people losing, possibly being evicted, uh, losing their homes. They're also lost jobs because of furloughs and stuff, right? And layoffs. Now it's like, so now what do I do? Well, because I lost this in the past, I don't want to move forward. Life, ha- life has a way of dishing you all kind of blows. But there will be times when you'll be up to bat. You're not going to hit every ball. Some you might hit and go to first base. Sometimes you might strike out. Sometimes you might get walked. Sometimes you're called out. This is what life is. But we can't use our negatives and say this is why we can't and just stay there in learned helplessness. We can't stay there. We have to move forward. There are plenty of um, you look at history. There's been plenty of people who are millionaires who have generated awesome jobs, who have created multiple things because they failed so many times. Light bulb failed so many times dealing with electricity so many times until, you know, you finally struck it and, and, and hit the right code. You failed so many times at opening up a business and all of a sudden you, f- you figured out how to make it work and boom, they blew up. Failed so many times at real estate and all of a sudden realized how to make it work. Failed so many times in the stock market and figured out the formula to make it work. It's not how many times you get knocked down, it's how many times you get up. And learned helplessness keeps you knocked down. When you get knocked out, when you get tapped out, when somebody chokes you out, something chokes you out of your life, it's not you staying on the mat. It's getting back up saying, hey, the fight's not over. I'm still back in this thing, right? And that's what you want to do, okay? So just get away from the learned helplessness because that learned helplessness, that learned helplessness will mess you up every single time, all right? That'll mess up your self-esteem and your self-worth. All right. Denying mental uh, health issues. Okay. Okay. Yes. When you know you have, when you know that there's some issues that uh, you've got going on in your life, and I'm not saying good, bad, or indifferent. A lot of people have a lot of things that, um, that they deal with on a daily basis, mentally in their mind, not physically, but mentally in their mind, doubt, fear, bunch of different things. But when you don't handle those things, when um, you don't um, honestly fess up and say, I'm dealing with those things and you just gloss over it, what happens is you begin to operate in the problem. You begin to operate from a negative standpoint, from a negative connotation in everything that you do in your life. And you need to be honest with with the simple fact that there are some mental issues that you have that you need to deal with. And when you don't deal with it, what happens is it can mess you up. It messes up your self-esteem. It will mess you up. 
And you have to be able to deal with these mental issues. You have to be able to um, get over, not just get over, but get the help that you need. And some of the ones that you need to deal with, not, not he, seeking help for depression. If you know you're dealing, if you're in a depressive state, you have to be able to get the help that you need. Okay. Or pretending, hey, you know, you've got anxiety, but pretending that it's not real. <laughs> you know, it's there. Right. So if you know it's there, you've got to uh, um, deal with it. If you have a sickness that you're dealing with, even in your body and you're just and you just gloss over it, you cannot gloss, just gloss over it and pretend it's just going to go bye bye. It's going to go away by itself and you don't deal with it. You have to be able to deal with these things in order to move forward. Because while you're trying to move forward with self-esteem, while you're trying to move forward in your self-worth, you will find that your mental illnesses will be the things that are keeping you from moving forward. Okay, so you have to be able to excuse me, I'm moving my mic, right? You have to be able to deal with those things, because if you don't deal with them later on, um, some of these things will deal with you, as we've talked about before. Okay, Uh, unchecked body image issues. That's another thing that will um, damage your self-worth, self-esteem unchecked. And that basically means is. You are so concerned about what you look like. I don't have the nice python arms. I don't have the nice um, pecs. I don't have the chiseled abs. My legs aren't what they should be. Um, my face is not what it should be. My, my teeth, my lips, my arms, my eyes, my... I hear loud and clear. You know, because, I mean... For me, I, I got some, I got, I'm going to say, mine, I'm not going to say mine are unchecked. <laughs> I had to check mine and just be honest with this so fact. That there's things I just don't like for me. So I'm going to be honest and say, I hear you, but I understand my body type right now. I understand exactly where I'm at. And no, I don't like it. But then if I don't like it, that means I have a choice. Either I'm going to do something about it or I'm not. Right. And the reason why I'm saying that, because, you know, I really want to be, you know, right under 200, somewhere between, you know, 190, 200. And here during this whole COVID thing, you know, I got to like 215 and, I, and I'm like uh, completely unhappy only to find out later. Like right now, I'm like 226. I'm like, what the H-E double hockey six? This is just ridiculous. So the question is, what am I going to do about it? No, I don't like it. I don't like having that, you know, this little mushroom going on, the reverse mushroom right around the belly. I don't like it, but I have a choice to make. Either I'm going to do something about it. Either I'm going to work out. I'm going to go do some jogging, get on the treadmill, do some sweating, um, wear some type of a, a waist uh, thing to, you know, help slim me down while I'm sweating, while I'm working out, do some cardio get on an exercise bike, go to the gym or not because the gyms are closed. Maybe uh, have a gym right here in my garage or a gym in my room and figure something out. Or I'm just going to have, I'm just going to sit here and complain. I don't like this. I, I can't do that because I don't look right. And uh, I can do better, you know, and then I got hair issues. Yeah. See, see, I'm just going to, you know, yeah, no, for those of you that are listening, you know, I, I'm just going to point my head down. Okay. Y'all know, right. For those of you that know, you know, I got this, you know, when my hair comes in, I get this, uh, this, this cul-de-sac that's, that goes on up here, up, up in the middle of my head, this cul-de-sac. 
And, um, you know, yeah, you know, I, you know, I let it grow out. And all of a sudden I look like George Jefferson, you know, that's, that's not what we want to do. But then at the same time, I've been dealing with this since the age of 20, right around 1920. And I just decided, you know, before I'd be like some people and take the left side, comb it over to the right side, I'm just going to cut it all off. Sometimes I want to, you know, cut it all off, be bald headed. Sometimes I'm just too lazy. Just don't want to shave. Sometimes the hairs come in. Sometimes it doesn't. But it's up to me to decide how I want to look. You know, I got the gray coming in here around the face, the gray down here in the, uh, the goatee area. And then sometimes I completely uh, cut it all off. But I don't get into the whole dying thing because that's just not me. You know, I'm good with my gray when I want it. But when I don't want it, I just cut it all off. See, there's a choice that you have to make and you have to be um, secure in the choices that you make. And if you don't like what you see, do something about it. Don't use uh, body image issues for saying that you can't or you won't. Don't use it. Don't compare yourself to everybody else. I mean, I look at my son, uh, uh, my youngest son, and I and he reminds me of my younger self. And I, I was going to be honest with you, I just go... Yeah, that sucks because um, he's like a, you know, thicker, brawny, tough version of my younger self. And I just go, man, um, I remember those days, you know, and I get a little jealous. But then I'm not his age. I'm not 20 years old anymore. I'm not 21 years old anymore. Those days are long gone. So for no order for me to even get back to that, that means there is a requirement on my life. There's something that I need to do to even get close to that. The question is, myself, am I going to do it or not? And that's the question you have to ask yourself. Pending what body issues or image issues that you're dealing with that you may or may not like, you have a decision to make. Either deal with the issue and just say, you know, here's where I am and this is just what it is. Or this is where I am. I don't like it and I'm going to do something about it. Okay. That's where you need to be. So don't use it, you know, because if you use that, if you just keep staying in that spot, that'll kill your self-esteem. And of course, you know, your image. All right. Uh, plan negative mental tapes, uh, mental tapes. Um, and the reason why I have this down is a simple fact that what I just said, because of things that have happened in the past or things that you don't like, what happens is you begin playing these tapes in your head over and over and over and over and over all this negative stuff. And then what happens is you start hanging around negative people and then you start ending up in these toxic relationships and then dealing with unsupportive people. <laughs> it happens every single time. Let me, let me hold on. Let me I'm going to read something to you. Uh, this this got me going. Matter of fact, I think this was uh, this was yesterday. So uh, a lady by the name of Mel Robbins uh, did this quote right here. And I love the quote. And, and she says this. This is a friendly reminder. Today's a great day to take your self-worth out of the hands of people who don't deserve to hold it. And the problem is that we allow people to control our mind. We allow people to control how we feel. And because of that, 
these mental and negative tapes keep playing in our minds. Maybe someone told you, um, you're too skinny, you're too fat, you're too short, you're too dark, you're too light, you're not black enough, you're not white enough, you're not this and that, you're light skin, you're dark skin. And we play all these negative tapes in our head and we begin to think this is who we are because we've allowed people to control our self-worth. And I'm telling you, it's time to take the self-worth back out of the hands of people that don't deserve to hold it in the first place. If people do not value you for who you are, they don't need to be in your life in the first place. Okay, so um, because if you don't take back your power, take back your power, young man, old man, middle aged man, take back your power, because if you don't take it back, you will always be controlled like a puppet. And no one wants to be a puppet, not any real man, not any real woman ever wants to be a puppet. People want to be in control of their own destinies. They want to be they want to be able to control their own livelihood, control uh, where they're going, or at least how should I say, have some say so in it. OK. And uh, keeping these negative tapes in our head is it will mess us up every time. Okay. Uh, next one, clamming up as men, you know, many times we clam up when it's really time to talk. I mean, literally, um, it, we do it in business many times. Uh, there's a lot of people who, uh, hold, um, positions of power. They're supervisors and managers. They are associates. They are plumbers, technicians, preachers, pastors, uh, ministers. And, um, Many times when it's time for them to speak because maybe they're asked a question by their superior, they clam up, they stutter. Well, um, uh, mm, let's see. And and they don't know how to respond. And that will mess with your self-worth. That will mess with your self-esteem because some men, you know, we are great when we're in the barbershop. We'll talk and we'll talk sports and we'll talk about what's going on on social media. We'll talk about um, what this young lady looks like and what she looked like in her swimsuit and all these different body types that, uh, that are appealing to the eye. And we'll get around these other men and we'll have these like-minded conversations. But when we get into a professional atmosphere, many of us do not, do, do not, bleh, what kind of conversation? Do not know how to use the proper grammar. Do not know how to speak and um, be able to, you know, communicate effectively. So what happens is when we're in the boardroom, we're asked a question about our department. We're asked a question about what we did at the customer, uh, with a the customer, uh, their house or the installation or whatever the case may be. We're all of a sudden we can't speak. We clam up or maybe your significant other is asking you a question and you've been a chatty patty all day with your boys. You've been on the phone. You've been text messaging, all that kind of stuff. And then your wife and or significant other ask you a question and then you shut down. Oh, man, fellas, fellas, we can't shut down. This is the time we need to speak up. People only know who you are what you are, what you believe um, about your being ethical, being a person of integrity and whatever. When you begin to speak, yes, they, they see what you do, but your speech 
and what you do need to line up. But when you clam up, they have an image of you, but they don't hear from you and they need to hear from you and they need to see what you do. And when you're at home, men, when you're with your significant other, other, whether it's a girlfriend, a wife, whatever that may be, when you're asked a question, do not shut down. Do not clam up. And many of us in that arena, we clam up because we do not want to talk about our true feelings. We don't want to discuss how we really feel because of uh, we feel that maybe there's a masculinity issue per se. Maybe we feel that we'll be misjudged. Maybe we feel that we'll be mishandled, not taken care of, whatever that is. We have to be secure enough, man enough, intelligent enough. So that way, when we when we do speak, when we're asked a question that we're secure enough to say, you know what? I, you know, I didn't like how that went. You know, you know, I'm a dude, right? You know, I'm a dude, you know, I'm a man. But, you know, uh, I didn't like that. That, that kind of hurt me in that spot. And many people eh, don't hurt me, please. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, it does. And you actually need to be able to man, be man enough to be able to say it. It hurt me in that area. I didn't like that. I didn't like how you speak to me. I don't like how you raise your voice. You know, that wasn't cool. And uh, because if the shoe was on your other foot and I did that to you, you know, you'd be out that door. Okay. You just need to know how to be uh, effective in your communication. Okay. So that way it's not about winning. It's about being understood. And when you clam up, you don't get an, an understanding and then you're also not understood. And then they can't understand you because you're quiet. And then all of a sudden, when they have a misconception about you, it's, the, it's because you said nothing. So they have these preconceived thoughts. Yeah, that will kill your self-esteem. All right. Next one. We got two more left. Next one. Relying on alcohol as a social lubricant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we going there, dog. Yeah, but seriously, um, there's a lot of people out there that they can't function without alcohol. I mean, literally, um, you've seen it. There, there have been some. I mean, it's sad, but there are some that want to take a shot before going into, you know, before they go to that interview, before they go on that date or when they're out with coworkers, they have to have something that allows them to loosen up because without alcohol, they can't loosen up. Uh, there are a whole lot of people like that. And that will mess up your self, self-esteem because what happens is when you know that you cannot operate without having a little bit of alcohol, without having a shot or two or three or whatever that is, when you know you're like that, that gets and will take you into what is called alcoholism you, because you start relying on it day in, day out to survive. And you use it as a crutch. And uh, yeah, that'll take you into alcoholism. So when you start using this and relying and depending upon uh, alcohol in order to function, in order to talk to women, in order to function at a social gathering, in order to 
be productive in order to, you know, just loosen up and you always constantly rely on alcoholism, it becomes a dependency. And when it becomes a dependency, you go right into complete alcoholism and you need to get help for that. All right. So um, that right there, that'll kill your self-esteem, because what that will do is when you start becoming dependent upon it and you're using that in that public setting. And what I mean, public, whether it's you and one other person or you in a group of people, when you become completely dependent upon it, it'll get to the point to where you go well beyond where you should be with that alcohol. And um, you make a you know what out of yourself. Right. And that, you know, you'll find yourself, you know, dancing on the table. And the next thing you know, somebody's got a camera and video camera out and you wonder why, you know, you went viral. <laughs> Just I know I'm laughing. I'm sorry. But the truth of the matter is I know it's not a funny situation. It's a serious situation. But you also have to understand the the back end of that when you're relying on alcohol to function there are things that come with that and I believe and I know you don't want to be on the other end of that you're on the other end of that that tablet the other end of that iPad iPhone smartphone that video you know find out you're on Instagram and you don't know nothing about it okay um and corporately corporately man that is not a good look and there's a possibility you'll you lose your gig because um you have made because especially if you represent the company because you will have made the company look bad and if you're caught doing something that's completely unseemly a lot of those things carry so much weight that it will follow you all the way to your grave because that's where social media is. It's just that simple where it is. It's just that simple. Okay. So it is best that you do the right thing and get help. If you know that this is you get the help that you need. All right. Last one, buying into toxic masculinity. Okay, buying into it. What is buying into that? Well, let's talk about what masculinity is and what it isn't. So what is it? What isn't it? You understand my point? Um, When people talk about what masculinity is and what it is, what it isn't. Oh, you know, you shouldn't be playing marbles or you shouldn't be sitting down with your daughter, you know, uh, having tea parties. That's not masculine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So let me just talk about me, for instance. And then you can decide I got on a pink shirt because I'm representing, you know, uh, breast cancer awareness month. Okay. And there's some men right now that be like, I'm not going to be caught in a pink shirt. You know what? I don't care. That's them. They can have it. But I'm secure enough that I don't mind. I can wear it and I don't mind it. I'm good with it. Right. And even if it wasn't Breast Cancer Awareness Month, I would still wear it. You know, maybe not as much as I would like a blue or green because I'm a Seattle Seahawks guy. Right. So I wear a lot of stuff. But the point of it is (laughs) I would still wear it. I would still wear pink because I'm secure enough to know that it doesn't take away from my masculinity. 
right? The other thing is just, um, what was it last month? I believe it was last month. I'm sitting down with my granddaughter, with my granddaughter, and she's got a, a, a table. She's got all this nice little plasticware, uh, this tea set and what have you. And I mean, there was no tea. There was no liquids. There was no bread. There were there was no. And we're outdoors at her birthday party. And me being the man that I am, I'm sitting in a small chair next to her. And we're pretending to have a little tea party at her party, at her birthday party. And you know what? I didn't feel any kind of way about it. Because number one, first of all, I love children. And the other thing I understand is a simple fact that you never, you will not always get a second time to do what you should have did the first time. And there's many experiences that we miss out on because we pick and choose what we think is masculine or uh, not masculine at all. And, you know, I'm a big kid. I'm grown. Yes, I am. But I am a big kid. Even my children, when they were coming up, there was not one show, cartoon, uh, animated, anything that they watched that. I didn't know. I knew the songs. I knew the Barney. I knew the Blues Clues, Bananas and Pajamas, all that stuff, because they were my children. And I want to know what you're watching. And many times we are in the home, but we're out of the home because we're there physically. Right. But we're somewhere else because we allow things to watch and take care of our children. We, you know, we hand them a tablet. We walk away. We put them in front of TV and we walk away and we do our own thing and we allow other things to take over what a lot of times men should be a part of. And one thing you can one thing you should never do is as a man with your masculinity and everything is be physically there, but mentally absent. So me and my manhood and uh, yeah, I, I, I even yeah i do voices and stuff too because i like making my children laugh i love making my grandchildren laugh you know and i enjoy seeing the the looks on their face when they um they respond to certain things so um we think that there are certain things that are not masculine so let's just talk about what some people think are not masculine it says believing guys shouldn't talk about how they feel um that's not true some people think that that's not masculine, but no, honestly, um, there, you know, there are some guys that are like real overly sensitive that are just, yeah, I get it. Some of them just overly sensitive, but then there are some that just, that don't mind saying, you know, Hey, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm feeling some kind of way. Cause I just lost my mom or I just lost my dad or, um, I just lost my job. Uh, I just lost this, this house. I lost this car or I lost, you know what I'm saying? So, and some people feel that you shouldn't discuss your feelings when you feel a loss, that you feel deprived or you feel belittled, that you shouldn't discuss your feelings. That's not masculine when you discuss it. That's a lie. If you feel like discussing your feelings, you should discuss them. But you know what? You should discuss your feelings with somebody who completely respects who you are who honors you as a person, who honors you as a man. If a person is telling you that you're not a man for discussing your feelings, maybe you need to change your relationship with that person. Cut them off. You know, it's the truth. 
because if they don't respect you for who you are, then you need to respect yourself and let them go. Okay. Another way, um, thinking that you're not a man because you experience periods, periods of self doubt. We all go through periods of self doubt where we doubt ourselves. Can we accomplish this task? Can we, I mean, I like working on cars and sometimes I doubt whether I can fix this car whether I can fix this transmission, whether I can fix these lights, whether I can install this in stereo and make it still look good, whether I can. And we go through these periods of self-doubt. Many of you are content creators and sometimes, or you're thinking about being a content creator and maybe start a YouTube page, maybe starting a podcast uh, or doing whatever that is. And you go through experience of self-doubt. Can I do that? We all go through it. When I started on the audio side of this podcast, um, the next question was going to video. You know, am I going to be able to have a spot to do video? I, I'm, I don't know. Am I going to be able to create something to be able to shoot video, to be able to have both an audio and a video platform? And I went through this period of self-doubt. I mean, it was a very short period, but I went through it. But then as I started building toward that, there was some self-doubt in there as well. I doubt it's going to look right. I doubt it's going to you know, be okay. I doubt people may like it, but then it got to the point to where I have to do what I have to do to get the results that I need to get. And if something works great, if it doesn't, at least I tried it. And that's where I draw a lot of things from. I'd rather try it and then not work than not try it. And then have this Lou Rawls type feeling where the song would say, if I could have, would have, should have, that's what folks always say. If I could have, would have, should have. It's always too late, right? So I don't ever want to get to the point where I, I deal with if I could have, would have, should have. I'd rather try it. And if I fail at it, at least I tried it. That's just what it is, okay? Uh, another one. Assuming that real men don't experience sadness, shame, and depression. And dealing with our masculinity, sadness happens. Sometimes shame happens. And sometimes we go through a period, sometimes a short stint, maybe a long stint of depression. That doesn't take away from your masculinity as a man, guys. It doesn't take away from that. So if you're dealing with any one of those things, it does not take away your masculinity at all. So do not buy into the toxic example of people saying that um, your masculinity is not what it should be. Because the truth of the matter is, is we all have to deal with being masculine in one uh, form or facet or another. Okay, so you have to understand that masculinity is just a concept and you'll get through it. Take care. I'm Sean, your host. Be blessed for another edition of I'm Dealing With Broadcast.